This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, laughs will be all yours a little later in the show. At the half, we'll have uh, Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks. <laughs> She's having a bit of a problem matching her travel plans with her bank account. Uh, first, though, it's a trip to dark fantasy land. Now, as a kid, I remember the bedroom my dad built for me in what was the attic of our home. That sounds good so far, but what I haven't mentioned is that there was no wall that separated my bed from the rest of the attic which stored other stuff, including racks of clothing. And I can remember the fear I felt as I gazed toward the dark part of the attic and feeling that those just weren't coats and suits that hung there. No, there were people inside those coats and suits, bad people. My heart would pound until finally I could drift off to sleep, convinced that at some time during the night, one of the people with a knife would find me. Well, you can guess the rest. Dark Fantasy was an American radio supernatural thriller series that set its sights on promoting that fear in people who tuned in. It had a short run of 31 episodes from the fall of 1941 and ending in June of 42. Its writer was Scott Bishop, also known for his work on The Mysterious Traveler. The show was so scary that it was broadcast on Friday nights when the nation's children were in bed. Well, here's tonight's episode entitled Rendezvous with Satan. Good people, let us remember him who has passed, not for what he was, not for what he did, but because he was, as all of us are, a temple of God. Let us remember that this which is about to return to common clay was molded from common clay. Today we gather here to pay our last tribute this now still flesh, lying here before us cold in the coldness of death. Let us always remember 
And let us always remember. Can you see him? Move his hands. What are you saying? Move his hands up toward his head. Madam, please. Oh, no. No, surely you're mistaken. I distinctly saw his hand move. Couldn't have. Carl. Carl. Oh, my darling. Happened to me. Just lie still, Carl Fisher. This craft is most fragile. What? Where am I? Where would you be after death? Death? You say death? Yes. Am I dead? They have your body in a church, Carl. Imagine you in a church. No. No, you're mistaken. This is no church. I I'm right here. Apparently you are, yes. But we are most careful when we bring you here. We take every precaution to uh, relieve the shock. Shock? Of finding yourself in the midst of fire and brimstone. Hot. It's so hot. <laughs> you get used to it. Where am I? Your soul is here with me. Your body is back on earth. At present, resting within a satin-lined coffin. Coffin? Yes. They're soon going to place you within a tomb. Oh, I don't believe you. Don't you? Personally... Makes no difference to me whether you do or not. But for your own satisfaction, suppose you feel for yourself. What? Yes. Reach up with your right hand. Reach up. Feel the casket lining by your head. Go right ahead. There. You see? Yes. But I'm lying in the bottom of a boat. Only your soul is. This is some trick. The boat is satin line. <laughs> I'll admit, Carl Fisher, I am generally most concerned about my own comfort. But as far as lining one of my boats with satin, no, I fear that would be too much, even for Satan. Satan? Yes. Here, let me prove to you the boat is not cloth lined. There. You see? You devil. <laughs> That's irony. You are a devil. Yes? I am. But not just a devil. The devil. You mean I'm really dead? One never dies, Carl. The common clay perishes, yes. But only the common clay. Let me out of here. I'm sorry. You see? You can't move until I permit you to. But I moved my hand a moment ago. Felt the lining near my head. That's because I wished you to. Nothing is done here unless I order it done. 
than, than I am dead. Only your body. <laughs> it might interest you to know you caused quite a commotion up there a moment ago when you interrupted your funeral oration by suddenly moving in your casket. Yes, quite a commotion. Only two people saw you. One of them was a woman. You frightened her, Carl. But they've taken her away now. You mean my body actually is being preached over? Oh, yes. Indeed, yes. You were a prominent man on earth, Carl. Naturally, yours is a most elegant funeral. So many flowers, half of them could be brought into the church. People standing outside, on the sidewalk even. Is Laura there? Your wife? Oh, certainly. Where else would she be? A church, you say? Yes. Amazes you, doesn't it? You haven't been in a church for 35 years. No. You wouldn't even permit your daughter to be buried from a church, Carl. But she went to heaven. Anyway. Stop it, stop it. Do you remember Reverend Brooks, Carl? Reverend Brooks? Yes. He married you. Remember? Today, he's officiating at your funeral. No, no. Would you like to hear what he's saying, Carl? Listen. If Carl Fisher has brought tragedy into our lives, let us remember that out of tragedy, good can arise. Soon that tragedy will be forgotten. But let us never forget Carl Fisher. Let us remember him always as a Christian. Hear Carl. A Christian, he says. Stop. Stop that voice. Listen, Carl. Let us pray for him often and ask Almighty God to grant him pardon. Let us be generous towards him that finally the Supreme Ruler may in turn be generous towards us. No. No, stop him. Stop him. I don't want to hear anymore. Did you hear what he said, Carl? He asked your friends, your family, your wife, to forget your evil, to remember only what was good about you. Yes, Carl, but that leaves them nothing to remember. Don't let me alone. No, Carl. They've nothing to remember. Because there was nothing about you that was good. I didn't have a chance. Chance? Say you didn't have a chance? Certainly not. Well, I don't want to waste my breath by pointing out the chances you did have. I was forced into everything that happened. Forced, I say. Were you? Certainly I was. Haven't you ever heard of free will? Free will? Free will, you say? I haven't had a will of my own in the last 30 years. Haven't you, Carl? No. You know I haven't. I knew I was doing wrong. Sure, I knew it. I'd never have made my millions by, by being any other way. Your millions. Did you enjoy them, Carl? Uh, I was just beginning to when... When I took charge of you. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Your millions aren't worth much. Here. Oh, where am I? Certainly you haven't lost your imagination. Where would you be? With fire on all sides and the smell of brimstone. And with me as your pilot on the river Styx. Styx? You remember. It's our largest river. 
Where are you taking me? I have a special assignment for you, Mr. Fisher. We have a certain reserved space for members like you down here. Inferno. Tell me. Am I in Hades? Does that surprise you? No. No, I can't be. I didn't want to die. I wanted to do what was right, but I couldn't. You didn't try. I was going to try. You've done nothing but evil for 30 years. You couldn't change now. I could, I tell you, I could. No, car. I'll make a bargain with you, Satan. Bargain? <laughs> no one makes bargains with Satan. Give me a chance. Let me go back. Let me live my life over. I'll change. I swear I will. You'd never change. I will, I will. Let me go back. Let me show you. Let me prove I can do what's right. All right, Carl. <laughs> I'll bargain with you. It would at least relieve the dull monotony. You give me a chance? Yes, for 24 hours. 24 hours? Only 24 hours? Yes. Do nothing but good for 24 hours, and I'll not return to claim you. But if you fail... I won't fail. I won't, I won't. It's up to you, Carl. It's entirely up to you. But remember, only 24 hours. Only 24 hours, Carl. You really shouldn't have come tonight, Laura. We should rest. I know. But I couldn't rest. Poor Carl. He needed someone so badly those last few days. And I was away. Never dreaming what was happening. You mustn't blame yourself, Laura. No, I can't help it. I feel I deserted my husband. Just when a man needs his wife most. There'll come a time, Dr. West, when... And I'll be afraid to come out here to the mausoleum. I wanted to come tonight to tell him goodbye. Goodbye? Yes. I loved my husband, David. Despite everything he did, he was the only one I ever cared for. Here, my dear, I have the key. I say, Laura, it's not locked. But I saw you lock it after the services this afternoon. I did lock it. I'd swear I did. Open the door. Yes. Do you have a light? Yes. Pocket flash. There. <gasps> oh, David. Empty. The casket's empty. David, for heaven's sakes, what's happened here? I don't know, but Carl always said he'd come back. What? Yes. He told me once he had no fear of death, because he knew he could always make a deal with Satan. Carl told you that? Yes. I, well, I laughed at him at the time, but now I wonder. <laughs> I'd better go now, Laura. Sure you're feeling all right? Yes, I... I know I won't sleep tonight. 
You can relax. I can send you out a nurse if you like. Oh, no. No, I'd rather be alone. But if you need me, please don't hesitate to call. Thank you, David. Good night, my dear. Good night, David. Thank you so much for being such a dear. I'll... I'll call you in the morning. Good night. That's strange. Yes. I'm not hearing things. That's an electric razor running. But it can't be. There's no one in the apartment but myself. Carl. 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 Yes, my dear, did you call me? Carl. Yes, Laura, what is it? Carl, are you really there? What do you mean, am I really here? Of course I'm here. Heavens, I was right in the middle of my shaving. Oh, no. Laura, what's the matter with you? Why'd you call me? No, Carl, please don't come any closer, please. The world's gotten into you all of a sudden. Darling, is it really you? Really me? Now, what are you talking about? Carl, don't you know? Don't I know what? We... We buried you this afternoon. Carl, don't look at me like that. Buried me? Yes. Oh, darling, what's happened? Tell me what's happened. I don't know. Something's wrong. Carl. My... My head... Whirling. Dizzy. I don't remember what happened. Oh, darling, you're alive. Warm. Breathing. Yes, but I seem to have been away. It was so hot. There was a boat on a river and a satin-lined casket and... Oh, Laura. Darling, darling, you did come back. Dr. West said you would. Dr. West? Yes. David. He said you told him once you'd come back after... after you'd gone on. Laura. I have been dead, haven't I? Yes, Carl. I remember now. I was sitting at my desk. Sitting alone at night in my office. And then something happened. You were shot. The back of the neck. Everything stopped. The next thing I knew, I was riding in the bottom of a boat lined with silk. No. It wasn't the boat that was lined. It was the casket. He told me to move my hand and I'd feel it. Who, Carl? Who told you? It was... the devil. Carl. Yeah. I died. Went to Hades. But I bargained with Satan. I bargained with him. He took me up. Gave me 24 hours. 24 hours. Darling. Darling, I don't understand. Twenty-four hours to prove I could do good here on Earth. Oh, is it true? Can it be real? Yes, it is true. It's real. I can't believe it. Things like this just don't happen. This happened. But Carl, how? I made a bargain, I tell you. A bargain with Satan. 
I have a rendezvous to keep with him. For 24 hours. I'm so confused, Carl. If only... Who could that be? I'll go see. Oh, no. If it's anyone we know, they... They won't understand. You go back into the bedroom, dear. I'll see who it is. But the world's got to know sometime. Oh, people will know soon enough. Please, dear. I'm too upset for a scene. To, to try to explain to anyone tonight. All right, my dear. If you wish. Thank you, darling. Just a moment. David. I had to come back, Laura. I couldn't stay away. David, please. Forgive me, dearest. But I've waited so long. David, please go. No. Not until I've talked to you. Some other time. I can't wait any longer, Laura. It's not fair for you to ask me to. Not fair? You know I love you, Laura. You've known it for months, years. David. You have known, haven't you? Yes, but... I've waited so long to have the right to tell you about my love. Now, oh, I... I know it's not right to come to you on the night of your husband's funeral and say these things. But I must know, Laura. I must know. I have nothing to say to you, David. Nothing. I know you were always madly in love with that criminal of a husband of yours. But that's over now. You'll have to forget him. Oh, remember, darling. You're a young woman yet. Your life is still ahead of you. You can't go on carrying a torch for someone who cared more about making a million dollars than making you happy. Please, David, don't say that. I have a right to say it. Now... I've kept it in check all of these years, waiting and hoping. And now Carl is dead. You hear me? Dead. Dead. You belong to me now. No, David. Not now or ever. Yes. Yes, I say, you're mine. If anyone has a right to you, I have. After everything I've done to get you. Will you go now, David? Oh, Laura, Laura, I need you. Oh, Laura, please, sir, you'll marry me. No, David. I'll never marry you. But I know you care for me. I could make you learn to love me. No, never. I've had nothing for you, David, but friendship. I'll never have more. I know that's not true. Don't say that. It's not. You do care for me. I could tell by the way you kissed me. That's when I first began building my hopes. Kissed you? When did I kiss you? You haven't forgotten. The party in my penthouse. Not more than three months ago. Your birthday party. Yes. All the girls kissed you that night. You'll remember we even made a sort of game out of it, lined up like a bunch of high school girls to compliment our hosts. Yes, but you meant more than just a compliment that night. You imagined it. Oh, no. I kissed you just like the others, in full sight of my husband. And I, I might add, to his complete amusement. Carl wasn't in the room. You waited until he'd left before you got into line. Oh, nonsense, David. No. I knew that night you cared for me. That's when I began planning to make you mine. David, will you please go? Not until you've told me you'll marry me. I've told you I won't. There's someone else. Only my husband. Someone else. Someone who's alive. Please go, David. What's that? I want you to go. What was that? In that other room? Nothing. What are Nothing you... at all. What are you doing? I don't want you to ever come back here, David. What are you doing? I'm locking this door. I'm in no mood to have you go ransacking my place. There's someone in that room. David. So, so, you couldn't wait until your husband was safely buried. Couldn't wait. David. Well, he won't have you. You hear me? He won't have you. David. Please go now. 
Very well. I'm telling you this, Laura. He won't have you. Whoever he is, he'll never have you. I promise you that. You heard? Yes. Well? Go ahead. Go ahead, Carl. She's been having an affair behind her back, hasn't she? She deserves to be killed, doesn't she? Well, go ahead. Kill her. I don't have to tell you, Carl. I've never cared for him. Go ahead, Carl. Kill her. She's lying, don't you think? No one but you, darling. Ever. I can still tempt you, Carl. That's my job. That's how I keep my fires burning. I know you believe me, Carl. No. Don't believe her. She's never lied to you before, but there's always a first time. Darling, please don't stand there looking at me. Say something. She wants you to say something. Well, go ahead. Say something. Darling. It's all right, dearest. I believe you. I wonder what people will say when I, I walk out into the world again. Carl, don't you think it would be best for us to go away quietly? Someplace where we'd never be recognized? No, Laura. I have a bargain to fulfill. Only until three this afternoon. You'll spend that time with me, then. I'm sorry, I can't. There's more to be done than probably either of us imagined. Where are you going? To the office first. I'll go with you. No, dear. I'll come back to you before I leave you again. To keep my rendezvous with Satan. <laughs> Good morning, Miss Walling. Good morning, Mr. Fisher. You're early this morning, Mr. Fisher. Mr. Fisher. Oh. 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 Confounded girl. She'll need a scene. I'll spend all morning explaining. And nothing doing. I'll let myself in the office. West. Come in, Carl. I've been waiting for you. Sitting in my chair at my desk. Yes. This is your gun, I believe. What's the meaning of this? I'm prepared to make a bargain with you. Bargain? Yes. What sort of a bargain? You died without leaving a will. I have one here dated three months before your death. Sign it, the business becomes mine. And I'll permit you to take away half of your seven million dollars and Laura. You permit me? Yes. You couldn't operate your business now? People wouldn't want to do business with a dead man? Do I look dead to you? Don't be facetious. I'm serious. 
I know all about what happened to you. When I came back to see Laura last night, I heard you talking before I pushed the buzzer. I don't understand it all, but I'm prepared to give Laura up for your business and half your cash. You killed me. What? You killed me. Fisher, keep back. I see it clearly now. I see now that Laura wasn't lying to me last night. She's never cared for you. I warn you, keep back, Fisher. I remember what you said to her. You said, if anyone has a right to you, Laura, I have. After everything I've done to get you. This gun is loaded, Carl. Yes, I see it all clearly now. Stay back. Stay away from me. The night she kissed you at the party. Remember what you said about that last night? That was the night you began planning to make her yours. If you come any nearer, I'll shoot. I'm not going to harm you, Dr. West. You'd like to get your hands on this gun. You'd like to kill me, wouldn't you? Kill you? No, I can't kill you. I've made a bargain not to. Then keep back. I could kill you, though. I've been proclaimed legally dead, you know. You can't hang a dead man. Keep back. One step farther and I'll shoot. I told you I don't intend to harm you. Stop where you are. I just want you to take a good look at me, doctor. Stop. Not one step farther. Not one step farther. Laura. Oh, darling, are you hurt? It's nothing. He shot you, Carl. Laura. That gun in your hand. I, I followed you here. I don't know why I brought the gun. Laura. You killed him. Give it to me. No. Give it to me. Give it to me. Carl, you must get to a doctor. No. Look at the clock. No time for a doctor. You hurt badly. It doesn't matter. Give me that gun. Carl. Give it to me. There. Now. Now they... They'll think... We shot each other. Carl! 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 Oh, my darling. My darling. You have won your bargain, Carl Fisher. There's no place here for you now. Rendezvous with Satan. Tonight's original tale of dark fantasy by Scott Bishop, originating in the studios of WKY. Ben Morris was Carl Fisher. Blois Wright played Dr. David West. Eleanor Naylor Corrin was Laura Fisher. Fred Wayne took the part of Satan. Muir Height was heard as Reverend Brooks. And Georgiana Cook Height played the secretary. Next Friday at this time, listen for Scott Bishop's I Am Your Brother. Tom Paxton speaking. Dark Fantasy comes to you each Friday night from Oklahoma City. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned for Our Miss Brooks next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Eve Arden as Our Miss Brooks. Now it's Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden.
many of us. Our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, has been making plans for a summer vacation. Last Thursday morning at breakfast, she discussed the subject with her landlady. Mrs. Davis, this summer, I'm really going to relax and enjoy myself. Good for you, Connie. What are you going to do? Well, I've been thinking of Europe. What a wonderful way to spend your vacation. I can see you now, all through the warm summer nights, sitting out in our backyard, thinking of Europe. Well, I'm not just going to think about it, Mrs. Davis. I'm determined to travel this year. My goodness. What made you arrive at that decision? Well, frankly, I couldn't resist those Hawkins travel posters all over town. You've seen them. Let Hawkins guide you through Italy. Let Hawkins guide you through France. Well, yesterday, I went to their office and told them what I could afford for a summer vacation. What did they say? Let Hawkins guide you through Yonkers. <laughs> but when I told them I was a teacher, they made me a very interesting proposition. All I have to do is get three friends to take one of their tours, and I get mine for a third of the price. Oh, that sounds wonderful, Connie. How have you progressed so far? So far, all I need is three friends and a third of the price. <laughs> Say, maybe you might like to take the tour with me. Me? But, Connie, how could I? The only possible way I might afford a trip like that would be if I were to collect all the back rent you owe me. <laughs> well, that lets you out. <laughs> you see, Mrs. Davis, if I paid you back everything no, I owe... No, I didn't mean to ruin your day, Connie. Your credit is still good with me. Besides, even if you did make a substantial payment to me through some sudden miracle, I still couldn't go abroad. I feel I should spend the summer with my sister Angela. Oh, isn't she feeling well, Mrs. Davis? Well, she's all right physically, but the poor thing gets more absent-minded every year. She really needs me, Connie. Did I tell you about our last telephone conversation? No, you didn't. No, I didn't what, dear? <laughs> You didn't tell me about your last phone conversation. Well, you seldom tell me about your phone conversation. <laughs> Pull up a couch and lie down. Uh, to get back to my plan... Oh, there's Walter Denton. Be right there, Walter. Oh, thank goodness he's not coming in for breakfast. We've only got six eggs left. Before you go, I'd like to make a suggestion. What is it? Why don't you tell Walter about the Hawkins Travel Agency? Maybe his parents would like to send him away for the summer. <laughs> They'd probably love to send him away, but I don't think it would be fair to Europe. There's something different about the car today, Walter. You've made it very cheerful somehow. Just by adding you, Miss Brooks? <laughs> no, there's something plus me. I know. You've painted the top a nice shade of sky blue. Yeah, I've done better than that. I left the top at home. <laughs> you are looking at the sky itself. Oh. Well, it's better than looking straight ahead. Nothing to see there but fleeing pedestrians. <laughs> Walter, have you noticed the travel posters all over town? Yeah, yeah, I have, Miss Brooks. Why? I was just wondering. Hmm. How would you like to eat your way acro uh, travel across <laughs> across Europe this summer? Me? Oh, my folks would never let me go abroad alone. Well, so much the better. Maybe they'd enjoy a European trip too. 
Yeah, I'm afraid not, Miss Brooks. They've already made their plans for a summer vacation. Well, I'm sorry they've got other plans, Walter. It would have been nice to have you all along. Uh, Along? Are you going abroad, Miss Brooks? I'm trying to. If I tell you something in strictest confidence, will you promise to keep it quiet? My jaws are a steel trap. (laughs) That I know. Just be sure you keep them shut. The truth is, Walter, if I can get three other customers for the Hawkins Agency, I can tour France and Switzerland for a third of the regular price. Gosh, that's a wonderful deal, Miss Brooks. Have you thought about Mr. Conklin? Only when I eat something heavy before going to bed. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Conklin never takes his family any place but to Crystal Lake. They have a cottage there, you know. Yeah, I know, but... Harriet told me that her mother's fed up with it and would very much like to travel this summer. Look, why don't you drop in and have a heart-to-heart talk with Mr. Conklin? I don't know, Walter. As a rule, he isn't very partial to suggestions that come from me. But Harriet and Mrs. Conklin have been buttering him up for weeks. All you'd have to do is apply the final coat. (laughs) And if I may be permitted a personal observation, Miss Brooks... You are, without a doubt, the greatest little salve artist since Florence Nightingale. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Kildare. There, it's finished, Daddy. I've dusted your office until it shines. Thank you, Harriet. Oh, don't mention it, Daddy. Why, it's the least any daughter could do for a father who's so sweet and considerate and unselfish. Please, Harriet. Dizzy. All that butter's taking the starch out of my collar. (laughs) However, I do appreciate your getting my office in shape. Mr. Stone is coming over from the Board of Education this afternoon to discuss next term's curriculum. Next term? But, Daddy, we haven't had our summer vacation yet. And while we're on the subject... While we're on the subject, let's drop it. I may have a very pleasant surprise for your mother and yourself if things work out this afternoon. A surprise? What kind, Daddy? Oh, come on, you can tell me. I won't breathe a word to a soul. Well, you'd worm it out of me sooner or later, I suppose. Briefly, I've made an arrangement with the Hawkins Travel Agency whereby we can visit Honolulu for one-third of the regular rate if we secure three other tourists for them. And you think Mr. Stone might be one of the prospects? Exactly. He'd probably love a vacation trip. He's often mentioned how hard he's been working. (laughs) That's a laugh. Chairman of the Board of Education working hard. <laughs> Don't quote me, child. But, Daddy, what about the other two? Who is it? It's Miss Brooks, sir. One moment, Miss Brooks. She's the last person in the world I want to see this morning. Always grumbling about something but or other. Daddy... I understand Miss Brooks is going to do some traveling this summer. I don't care what Miss Brooks is going to do this summer, Harriet, so long as she's going to do some traveling this summer. (laughs) Come in. (laughs) That will be all, Harriet. Run along to class. Yes, Daddy. Hi, Miss Brooks. Hi, Harriet. Bye, Miss Brooks. Hi, Harriet. Well, sit down, sit down. How is my favorite English teacher this morning? 
Oh, Miss Enright is fine, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> no, no, I was referring to you, my dear. I can't tell you how delighted I am to see you. I was just thinking of the past year and how you've helped so greatly to make it a happy one for me. Huh? <laughs> oh, we've had our little differences. Some unfortunate incidents have occurred. Like the time you dropped the typewriter on my sore foot. <laughs> the afternoon you spilled the ink on my new suit. And that day in the cafeteria when you wantonly rushed me from behind and scattered a tray full of food all over my vest. And then when you had the colossal goal. <laughs> this is all water under the bridge, isn't it? What I started to say was that I, I wouldn't have known what to do without you. Well, that's very sweet of you, Mr. Conklin. Not at all. Where would Madison High School be without teachers like yourself? And where would we teachers be without a principal like yourself? Oh, you're very kind, Miss Rhodes. You're generous, Mr. Conklin. You're loyal. You're sincere. <laughs> you're honest. You're benevolent. You're true blue. Oh, I'm sorry if I forgot to wait my turn. Miss <laughs> uh, Brooks, I heard you were thinking of traveling this summer. And I heard you were thinking of traveling this summer. <laughs> yes, yes. I was considering the possibility of a trip to Honolulu. <laughs> I was considering Switzerland. You'd love Honolulu, Miss Brooks. <laughs> oh, you'd be wild about Switzerland, Mr. Conklin. Honolulu is so relaxing. <laughs> Switzerland is so invigorating. It's so colorful. It's majestic. It's delightful. It's awe-inspiring. It's... it's... Oops, you almost missed your turn again. <laughs> well, Miss Brooks, wherever you do elect to travel, I'd like to call a certain agency to your attention. Have you heard of the Hawkins Travel Agency? Oh, yes, indeed. They're very efficient. Uh, they're extremely alert. They're up to the minute. Uh, they're progressive. Uh, they're... I pass. <laughs> just say we agree that the Hawkins Agency is the one we'll both use this summer. Fine, fine. You've been most cooperative, Miss Brooks. Well, you're sweet to say so. You're extremely thoughtful. Uh, you're... Mr. Conklin, before we go around again, there's something I'd like to say. Uh, what's that, Miss Brooks? This is the first time I've ever heard of two people polishing the same apple. <laughs> Well, things are going just fine so far. Uh, yes, I've got one of the customers I need for our deal all sewed up, Mr. Hawkins. <laughs> uh, when I told him I was going to use your service, too, our principal all but jumped down my throat. Well, now all I need are two more, and I'll be on my way to Mexico. Oh, I don't anticipate a bit of trouble. One of my prospects is waiting to have lunch with me right now. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Hawkins. Hasta la vista. I'll be over as soon as I stop at the steam table, Miss Brooks. You don't have to. I picked up lunch for both of us. Oh. Well, you shouldn't have done this, Miss Brooks. I wanted to buy lunch for you today. You did? Well, I have the checks right here. It was very thoughtful of you to take care of it, though. 
I, I shouldn't let you do it, really. Well, you can still pick up the... Bad enough that you pay for your own lunch without trying to... Well, nothing's been paid for yet, Mr. Boynton. The cashier's on the way out, and if you want oh, to... Oh, it pay... wouldn't be very gracious of me to make an issue of it now, I suppose. <laughs> but I, I don't want this to become a habit. Now, from here on in, it's Dutch. Sounds exciting. <laughs> uh, by the way, Mr. Boynton, I understand you're thinking of doing some traveling this summer. Well, yes, Miss Brooks, I am planning a trip. Oh, I think it's the only way to spend a vacation. How about you? Oh, nothing like it. I'm determined to travel this summer. Oh, may I ask where to, Miss Brooks? France and Switzerland, mostly. Oh, I can picture it now. Bern, Lucerne, Interlaken. I'm going to Mexico. Acapulco, Ensenada, Tijuana. <laughs> well, there's nothing like it. Yeah, but, Miss Brooks, the cities you just mentioned are in Mexico, not Switzerland. I know, but I'm not prejudiced. <laughs> maybe I'll take a peek at Mexico before I hit the continent. Or better yet, maybe I can persuade you to come to Europe with me. Mm, I don't know, Miss Brooks. Mexico's pretty exciting. Switzerland's invigorating. <laughs> Mexico is so colorful. Switzerland is so majestic. Mexico is so romantic. Switzerland is so Mexican. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice to travel together, Mr. Boynton. Well, I'm not planning a very luxurious trip, Miss Brooks. I'd want to see something of the back country. Oh, naturally, naturally. I can see us now, sitting together under a big Mexican moon. I'd hire a couple of donkeys, and after five days of steady riding, we'd be deep in the interior. I can see us now, standing under a big Mexican moon. <laughs> You know, Miss Brooks, I'm extremely interested in the remains of the Aztec and Inca civilization. And come to think of it, there's no one with whom I'd rather explore those old ruins than you. I don't know whether to feel flattered or have my face lifted. But, Mr. Boynton, wherever we decide to go this summer, I think a good travel agency is most important, don't you? Oh, oh yes, I do. Have you heard of the Hawkins Agency? I was just going to ask you the same question. They're very efficient. Oh, they're extremely alert. They're up to the minute. They're progressive, and I pass again. <laughs> then it's agreed? You'll use the Hawkins Travel Agency? I wouldn't go anywhere without them. Positively, Miss Brooks? Absolutely, Mr. Sheehan. Miss Brooks? Oh, hello, Walter. Oh, I'm glad I caught you before your next class. I've been anxious to find out how you did with Mr. Conklin this morning. Wonderfully, Walter. He's promised to use the Hawkins Travel Agency this summer. And better than that, so has Mr. Boynton. Now all I need is one more customer, and it's gay Paris for little me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's cute. And, Miss Brooks, I think I've got just what you want right here in my pocket. He'd never fit. Oh, you need another customer. Yeah, Exactly. I heard from Harriet that Mr. Stone's coming over this afternoon, and I happen to know that he's extremely interested in traveling this year. Of course, he might be a little tougher to approach than the others, but I've thought of a way around that. Walter, what would I do without you? Ooh, don't even think of such a bleak prospect. <laughs> but, Miss Brooks, if you're going to sell Mr. Stone on a trip, you've got to do it graphically. Not just with words, but with gestures and costumes. Huh? Yeah, I figured that out, too. In the home economics room is a complete wardrobe designed for the senior show. Oh, 
There's one black satin gown in particular in there that's guaranteed to make young men old and old men young. <laughs> Kel Garment. Ooh, la la. <laughs> How do you know it'll fit me? Either the tighter the better, Nespa. Well, it seems that both Mr. Conklin and Miss Brooks have the same prospect in mind as their third tourist for the Hawkins Travel Agency. This doesn't seem too illogical when you consider that they had the same prospects in mind for the first two tourists as well. However, this time they have both decided to convince their man graphically. Well, Harriet, if Mr. Stone will fall for the line of malarkey, I'm... if he'll act upon my suggestion, that is, if he'll utilize the Hawkins Travel Agency this summer... We'll get a trip to Honolulu for practically nothing. Oh, it sounds great, Daddy. And this costume you've put on should certainly help to convince him. We were lucky to find a flower lay in this uke in the senior show prop box. They go beautifully with that gay Hawaiian shirt you're wearing. Well, we can only hope that... Oh, that must be Mr. Stone now. I'd like to talk to him alone, Harriet. All right, Daddy. I'll go out for your inner office. Good luck. Come in, please. Oh, good afternoon, Osgood. I... Oh, pardon me, madam. <laughs> oh, you, you, you were right the first time, Mr. Stone. It is indeed I, Osgood Conklin. Aloha, sir. What? No doubt you're wondering why I'm dressed in this manner. Oh, no. All my principals come to school with flower lays around their necks. I'm merely trying to create a mental image for you. A mental image? I want to go back to my little grass shack in Kealakauawai. Oh, no! With the huma huma nuka nuka apa ua a a a a swimming by. Conklin, put down that ukulele. Pardon me, sir, but it's ukulele. Well, whatever it is, put it away. Have you taken leave of your senses? I know, sir. It's just I heard you're contemplating a trip this summer, and, well, I thought I might be able to give you an idea of where to go. No, I could easily give you an idea of where to go. <laughs> you see, I'm well aware of the efficacy of a graphic description. That's why I'm clad in this fashion. I, Mr. Stone, represent Honolulu. Honolulu? What are you trying to do? Keep people on the mainland this summer? Oh, come in. Mr. Boynt, what are you doing with that sombrero on? And that horse blanket draped over your shoulder. Boynton, are you posing as a Mexican? Si, senor. Now listen to me. No, you listen, Mr. Conklin. I am El Rancho Grande. I am El Rancho una rancherita. Que alegre me decía. Que alegre me decía. Well, now I've 
seen everything. Between that guitar and your confounded ukulele, Conklin. I, uh, I think it's ukulele, Mr. Stone. I don't care what you think, Barker. I didn't mean to upset you, Mr. Stone. Just that I heard you were planning a trip, and I thought you might enjoy a visit to Mexico. Mexico, nothing, Boynton. We're all going to Honolulu. <laughs> I don't like to contradict you, but I haven't decided yet where I'm going, Leilani. <laughs> then I still have the chance. Ayan el Rancho Grande. Ayan el Rancho now cut that out! Conklin, I came over here to discuss the curriculum for next semester. And if I can do so without any further interruptions, I'll be very surprised. Come in. Yes, Brooks. And they say television isn't bringing back vaudeville. Brooks, what are you doing in that Parisian gown? And an alpine hat. She's probably trying to represent France. But naturellement. And Switzerland. But certainement. Both? But of course not. Oh, there is nothing like Paris in the summer. The Arc de Triomphe, the Rue de la Paix, the Place de la Concorde, and Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> Miss Brooks, Piccadilly Circus happens to be in London. Right, oh, Governor, but if you were so nearby, you wouldn't want to miss that now, would you? Now, now see here, Miss Brooks. But then I... when you leave Paris, you must come with me to Switzerland. In the Alpine villages that are French, you will find the wine, the women, and the songs. Yes, I'm sure that's true, Miss Brooks. Oh, and I... then we go to the Bavarian area. <laughs> Immediately you notice there is a big difference. A big difference? Yeah. There, with the women and the song, you get beer. <laughs> what beer? Two bottles, and you ski down the whole mountains without your skis. <laughs> well, all this is very enlightening. However... That's the way uh, you're wrong. Is there no lightning in the Italiano Alps? <laughs> the Italiano Alps? <laughs> What's the matter? You no remember Switzerland's Italiano colony? What's Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but to me this sounds like Arthur Godfrey and his enemies. Well, I was just trying to convince you to travel through Switzerland this summer, Mr. Uh, Stone. I'm afraid I have no intention of going to Switzerland, Miss Brooke. Good. Oh, quiet, Boynton! I'm not going to Mexico either. Of course he's not. (laughs) 
And I am not going to visit the Hawaiian Islands. Well, then where are you going, Mr. Stone? I'll tell you in a moment. But first, may I say that I'm very touched that you're all so anxious to have me with you during the coming vacation. Well, that's because we're all so fond of you, Mr. Stone. Then you'll be pleased to know that you're all going traveling with me this summer. You see, by bringing in you three customers, I get a very reasonable deal from the Hawkins Traveling. <laughs> and the trip I have planned for us is a walking trip through darkest Africa. <laughs> darkest Africa? Darkest Africa? Miss Brooks, where are you going? I'm going on a trip through darkest Africa. I'll have to get my batteries recharged. <laughs> Mr. Conklin was played by Gail Gordon. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Sports fans, be sure to listen at 2105 hours this evening as AFN Sports brings you the second in a series of games between the Mets and the Giants, direct from Shea Stadium in New York. is the American Forces Network, Europe. AFN Orléans. The Chinon Protestant women of the chapel and the Protestant men of the chapel will sponsor a joint potluck dinner Tuesday, May 17th. The dinner will begin at 19 hours in the fellowship room of the hospital chapel. Each person is asked to bring his silverware and enough food to provide for his family size. After the dinner, Captain Marshall Matthews will show his slides on Africa. Don't miss this interesting and informative evening. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Let George Do It, followed by Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.